0: We were in Dallas, Jenny and me. I was on the run, Jenny was having fun fangirling this whole cyber weapon story. Thing was, something about her was bugging me. I put it on the back burner though because she just saved me from the sharks circling the blood in the water. FBI were the sharks, I was the blood. Jenny had run into some FBI agents at the bus terminal in Dallas. Instead of leading them to me and herself to the half-million-dollar reward for my arrest, she came and got me, and we fled. I don't understand how those guys tracked me. What had I done wrong? According to Jenny, nothing. I had done nothing wrong. She thought it was just pure numbers. Cable News said it was the biggest manhunt in 40 years. She pointed out that someone was probably watching every airport and bus depot in the South. Now, we were opening the door to our motel room. Was it a good idea to get a motel room with this woman I barely knew? No, not at all. It was a terrible idea. And yet, here I was, doing it. This is Killswitch. Recording 7 is called Sex Scene. Jenny had said she was going to visit an ex-boyfriend in Denver to get back the car he took when he left her. Since she and I had met... Both of us had been wearing COVID face coverings, hers a nice lacy pink mask, mine a blue disposable I bought a couple of days ago and should have replaced by now. Was it a good idea to get a motel room with her? No. But with the manhunt, what choice did I have? I decided to trust her for now. She'd had a chance to turn me in, but hadn't. There was a half-million-dollar reward for the information leading to my arrest. There was a million-dollar reward for the return of the cyber weapon I had stolen— it could have all been hers. But she didn't take it. Jenny warily pushed open the door to the room we had gotten, took two glances, and said, Whoa, this room is seriously sketchy. Since we were on the run, we picked a shady motel away from the downtown Greyhound station and took a cab. An actual cab, not Uber, so I could pay cash. The room had two beds, but Jenny pointed to the far one and said, Do not go near that one. I can tell from here... It's nasty. We'll have to share this bed. She pointed to the near bed. She was all matter of fact like, hey, we've just met, we don't know each other at all, have no idea what we actually look like due to the mask we've worn the whole time, so let's share a bed. Eh, <sighs> just like college. Honestly, I didn't even care. I hadn't slept much for several days. I was so tired, even all my anxieties couldn't keep me awake. Any bed with anybody would work. That and a shower. A long, Shower. And time to formulate a plan. I needed to get back to Seattle ASAP. My sister Teresa was sick, and I had the information that could help her. But due to the manhunt, I couldn't just hop on a plane and fly there. At this point, I couldn't even take a bus there. My phone rang. Bossman95 again. I let it ring until Jenny said, You gonna answer that? I wanted to talk to him, but not with Jenny around. So I said, Not right now. And sent it to voicemail. Then I said, I'm going to grab a shower. Jenny grabbed the TV remote. Hold on. Let's see what's the latest. She clicked on the TV and found CNN. (laughs) They were talking to some politician about the CIA. The ticker across the bottom scrolled the latest about six, and now about my apparent spotting at a Greyhound bus station. On the screen, my ever-present picture. Also, my fake name, Alan Parsons, and some of the fake background I'd made up. University of Miami, majored in music, father of three, security guard. So far, I hadn't been doxxed. But how long would my fake identity hold up? Then the news hit the top of the hour. It was time for the headlines. The anchor said... Our top story this evening, the cyber weapon. For more, here's John Marley in Dallas. John came on, standing in front of the bus station we were at an hour ago. John reported that A, the FBI found several people on a Greyhound bus who said I fit the description of the man they were looking for. B, when they entered the bus, they found me missing, pointing to the fact that it was me. C, The cyber weapon had came online temporarily earlier in the day, and the countdown had started. But only one hour elapsed before it disappeared and the countdown stopped. D. Wikileaks found leaked memos in their archives. According to what they found, the weapon is a cyber kill switch created by the CIA. After a three-day countdown, it detonates. Once it detonates, it will take down key Internet points and infect millions of IoT devices. E. Sources inside the CIA paint a picture of panic because 6 is in the wild. Since 6 checks in with command and control via Tor, no one knows where it is. Cyber Command is trying to trace the route, but haven't succeeded. And finally, F. If the kill switch is reset within 72 hours, the countdown starts over. Jenny said, holy shit, about five times. Then she changed it to Fox News. Same breakdown. MSNBC... Same. A graphic in the lower right of the screen showed a countdown timer. It wasn't moving. It just said 7200 colon zero colon zero. It sat there, still, like a lioness in the tall grass ready to pounce. I shivered. How much would people panic if that clock started ticking again? It felt eerie how this was all because of me. The world was watching with anticipation. Would sticks come back online? Where was it? Who had it? In the whole world, I was probably the only person who knew. My theory was that the weapon was still inserted into Keisha's computer's SD card slot. But she didn't realize it. Every time Keisha turned on her computer and then off again, it reset the timer. Jenny sat down next to me. She turned to me and said, I don't understand why the CIA would even make a kill switch. I said, From what I've read, once it goes off the CIA says detonates, sticks propagates up until it reaches an internet exchange point. It's uh, like a node on the backbone of the internet. Like where a rib bone connects to the backbone? I said... Right. Similar to that. She said... So sticks is designed to fry the internet inside a country or region in which it's set off. I said... Exactly. She said... So if we were at war with, say, Iran, the CIA could set up sticks over there and take out their communications. And... It's called a kill switch because it's like those master power buttons at a nuclear plant. It's a switch that just turns everything off. In this case, it does it by infecting millions of devices that make up the most important skeleton of the Internet. I nodded my head. Jenny caught on quick. Too quick. Red flag. Jenny said, I could see why they say it's a weapon. We should report it. It could take out the Internet here. I said, No, not yet. This distraction helps me. You're being selfish. This could end the internet. I said, I'm not doing this for myself, remember? The internet will come back. My sister won't. I went to the bathroom and started the shower. I started undressing, but only got to my mask and shirt before I thought I should take my backpack in. Who knows if Jenny would steal it? And it's not like I could call the cops and tell them what she looked like. And it's not like I could call the cops at all. I went back out, and Jenny said, Oh, hey, wow, you look different than your picture. I said, Yeah, I shaved my beard. And before you shower, what about those SD cards? You said you had an idea about how to dox the anonymous owners? I thought, oh, come on. Was I ever going to get to shower? I said, Okay, give me two minutes. I got my phone out, transcribed the IDs from the three SD cards with the illegal porn into a Dark World forum post. I wrote, These are IDs from Gateway Underground stolen at the same time as sticks. They're full of child and torture porn. Help me dox these assholes. I'll transfer a thousand Dark World reputation points for each ID doxed. I added the transcribed IDs and a couple of fake ID numbers as well. I sent the message and Jenny's phone dinged again, reminding me that she was tracking me on Dark World. Now she knew who I was. Was she going to be the one that doxed me? I stood up to go shower. Jenny said, We should get some peroxide on those cuts on your neck and shoulder. I said, It's fine. My hip was bothering me, but it feels fine now too. Jenny still wore her mask, and I suddenly felt naked without mine. Jenny said, Wait, let me get a closer look at this. She grabbed her phone, turned on the flashlight, and examined the middle of my back. I felt her fingers lightly on my skin. I shivered. I said, Everything okay? She turned off her flashlight and said, Yeah, I thought I saw something, but it's fine. What's this tattoo? I said, When Mom died, Teresa and I got the same tattoo. It's an eagle, Mom's favorite. What's it carrying? That's Bilbo. Mom also loved talking. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm going to go shower. I took my backpack into the bathroom, locked the door, and got in the shower. In a few minutes, the room was rolling in fog. I let my mind go blank, let the water just run down my back. It felt so good to just relax, unwind, unwind, decompress. I breathe, feeling the hot water roll down my back, down my leg, down my, my ankle. I relaxed my thoughts. My eyes were closed. And I felt so... Shit. Jenny called out. Hey, I need to pee. I said, can you wait? She said, you've been in there for an hour. An hour? Damn. I said, all right, give me five minutes to dry off. She said, I really need to go. I heard the door open and Jenny came in. But wait, I locked that door. So, come on, I was naked. My most important possessions were sitting on the bathroom counter in that backpack, and a stranger had just entered the bathroom. Those SD cards, burner phones, my wallet, an iPhone. Jenny could grab it all, be out the door, and down the steps into an Uber before I was dressed. And that's if she didn't take my clothes, too. I peeked out. Oh, damn. Jenny was sitting on the toilet. Her skirt was bunched up, and underwear were around her ankles. She really was going... uh Okay. I pulled back the shower curtain enough to peer at my backpack. I could barely see myself in the fogged-up bathroom mirror. She wouldn't try to grab the bag and run, would she? Well, she could have turned me in already, but she didn't. But wait, maybe she was holding out for the SD card at the house. If it was really the cyber weapon, then it would mean another million dollars. Once she got that card, she could turn me and the card in for a cool one point five mil. The toilet flushed. I tensed. If Jenny tried to grab my backpack on her way out, I'd stick my hand out, hold the door, and prevent her from leaving. I hoped. Please, Jenny, just walk by. Walk by. Do not even glance at my backpack. Then I'd know I could trust you. Please, don't even... What you doing? Jenny had pulled back the other end of the shower curtain and poked her head in. I was so surprised I almost slipped. Good God, don't do that. I just thought I could use a shower, and I'm kind of an environmentalist, so I thought we should conserve water. Oh my. My heart sounded like this. Ginny was already undressed. She wasn't wearing anything, not even her mask. She stepped into the shower, stepped into the stream of hot water, stepped up onto her tippy toes, and kissed me. Jenny was breathing hard. She said, That was terrible. You are awful at this. Then she giggled, flipped over, and started tickling me, which turned into kissing me, which turned into... That was incredible, Alan. For real. I nodded in agreement. She'd loudly called me Alan several times for several reasons, if you know what I mean. And you do. Yeah, you do. Not knowing my real name was Sean, and let me tell you, it was weird. Normally, that'd piss you off, right? Your partner saying someone else's name in bed? Except, I was the someone else. I said, I can't believe we broke the headboard. Jenny giggled. She said, yeah, that happens to me a lot for some reason. I smiled. I knew the reason. We lay in a tangle. I kissed Jenny on the nose. She was gorgeous. I hadn't seen her without a mask until I'd seen her without all of her clothes. What a weird world. Dating and sex in the era of pandemics and masks was weird. Our bed was soaking. The shower was still running and the entire hotel room was humid. We had started in the shower, finished on the bed and didn't stop in between. Jenny moved one of the chunks of the headboard that we had broken, brushed the splinters off the pillow, and scooted up to lay her head on my shoulder. She put an arm over my chest. Her leg was over my legs. She kissed my neck and said, Mmm, Sean, that was nice. Damn right that was nice. It had been months since I'd been with a woman. Lately life had been focused on helping Teresa. Ah, Teresa, shit. What was I doing? I hadn't thought of my sister for hours. Her condition was worsening by the moment I was on the run. I needed to just get up and get moving. To at least just get up and turn off the shower. To just... 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 A few more minutes... I sat in a panic. I was shivering. The bed was wet. I was naked. What had happened? Oh my God. What did I do? What did I do? I looked around. The shower was off. The AC by the window was cranking out gusts of Arctic air. Half my body was goosebumps. The other half had shrunk like a frightened turtle. Jenny was gone. No. What have I done? What did I do? I jumped out of bed. My backpack was gone. My clothes were gone. My phone, my wallet... all gone. I buried my head in a pillow and screamed. Why am I so stupid? Why? Why? I should have just taken a five minute cold shower and focused on helping Teresa. This is why I should never trust anyone. The TV was still on, blaring the news. It said, Several hours ago, the sixth countdown had reappeared, reset to 72 hours, and started counting down again. Before it got to 71 hours, it reset to 72 hours and disappeared. One confused and bemused expert, air quotes, pontificated that the thief was taunting the world. I knew that Dekisha's ancient computer probably just blue-screened again, but at this point, who cares? I got royally fucked. And then, I got royally screwed. Jenny had cleaned me out. How was I gonna even get out of here? I was gonna to have to wear bed sheets like a toga. Who's gonna to give me a ride? Where would I even go? Alan? Are you okay? My head was buried in a pillow. I hadn't heard the door. I thought, holy shit, Jenny's back. I said, Holy shit, Jenny, you're back. What the hell, where'd you go? Jenny set down a grocery bag on the bed, took off her mask, and explained that she was doing laundry for me. Getting a couple of groceries... She said, I left a note. She bent over and picked up a piece of paper off the floor. She held it up to show me. She said, I needed your backpack to carry your dirty clothes. I laid the note on your chest. Maybe the AC blew it off? She went over to the AC and pushed a button. It purred to an end. The room became quiet. She said, Sorry, it was really warm in here when I left. Oh... You have goosebumps everywhere. She came over, pushed me down on the bed, and said, Let's warm you up. Alrighty, that is it for this recording. Thank you for listening. Hey, each series like this one takes months to create. Would you help me out and become a Patreon member? See HansAnderson.com slash Killswitch for details.